great to see you this Sunday morning. God bless you. It's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing to be in Christ in this season. And I want to welcome all of you. I'm so grateful to God for the way that he's been blessing us and blessing you. And those of you that are are with us online, uh, it's just amazing to hear your testimonies. And don't feel bad about putting in uh, in the text box, uh, putting your comments. We we read them. We read them all. And those of you that we need help, put something in the text box of what you need so that we can respond to you. Those of you that are asking God for prayers that have not been answered yet. And you know, when you hear the word of the Lord and it really, it really comes to you and you receive the word and it blesses your life, don't feel bad about putting that in the comments. And so Father, today we just thank you for your incredible word. Thank you for what you're doing all over the world in the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy over us. Thank you that everything is changing in the world for the church and your hand is behind it. We thank you that in the midst of all the things that are shifting and turning, that in the midst of it, Lord, you have your hand on your church. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that will transpire for your kingdom this morning. In Jesus' name, will you say amen? Amen. When the Apostle Paul, you know, when, when the Apostle Paul wrote the, uh, penned the words in the Word of God in the New Testament in Galatians chapter 3, it was an amazing thing that he said. His words are so striking. I've been talking about this for the last few weeks, how God takes what is divided and brings it back together again. We call that reconciliation. How God takes what is divided, whether it's race, whether it's gender, or, or whether it's economic, economic, social status, God has, God has the power to bring what is separated back together again. So he makes this powerful statement in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 28. He says, for all of you addressing the church for all, and addressing all those who believe, for all of you are sons of God, through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you were baptized into Christ and you were clothed, you were clothed yourselves with Christ. There is therefore neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free. There is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. What a powerful statement. It is amazing that whether you're talking about race, rank, or gender, social economic status, the Lord makes a powerful statement that I am bringing all of these together as one. In fact, he speaks about it like it's already done. I have, I have removed what separated you and I've caused you to become one. Sometimes we misunderstand that because in the midst of racial division, we have forgotten sometimes that Jesus has already removed the barrier between us. We've forgotten in our, our heated conversations about 
about gender and about what that is and how that's categorized, how it separated us, separated households for that matter of fact. Jesus has something to say about it. And in the midst of it, I want you to be a partaker of the, of the peace and the oneness that the, that the Lord has released for all of us. But we find it in the word of God. In Galatians, when he says, you're all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ and you're all one person, when he says that, he says that we belong not only to God as his sons and, of course, his daughters, but we are one to each other. He changes our status and he calls us brothers and sisters. In fact, he says, whenever you pray, this is what Jesus said, whenever you pray, pray this, our father, which means if there's one father, everybody that comes out from him are brothers and sisters and they're one. And he says to them, and when he speaks to the Galatians and he speaks to us and, and we are belonging to each other in such a way that all the things that distinguished us, our race, our rank, our sex, all those things that we are able to distinguish each other from, those are not the dividing factors. The Lord said, I've done something to remove those and cause you to be one, to be related, to be in one family. In fact, he calls us one new man. It's powerful. You know, when God says that, he's not saying that we don't see color, that we don't see that we have differences. No, not at all. He's not saying that we can't any longer distinguish male and female. He's not saying that at all. He's not saying that we don't know the difference between the sexes, which he made and which he created. Yeah, we are distinguishable, but there's something we need to know. In Christ, we are indivisible. We are distinguishable, but we're indivisible. Yeah, we have that distinction. We know that all of us come from a different background socially, economically, every single one of us. But we come to Christ, he says, I'm removing that as a means of becoming one. No longer it will be by how much money you make or don't make what job you have or don't have, what mountain you serve on or don't serve on. That's not, the, that's not the deciding factor. The deciding factor is, are we in Christ? And he says, Paul says, we've been baptized into Christ and therefore there are no more distinctions concerning who we are to each other and who we are to him. It's a powerful thing when you think about it because when Christ says, I've abolished these distinctions, he's saying there is no more barrier to our fellowship as one. He says we're equal. He removes what, what we consider and what we make each other unequal with in comparing who we are, where we come from, and what we have. He's removed that. And how has he done it? He's done it through the most incredible miracle in the world. And I want you to partake of that miracle today. As you're listening today, I want you to understand how God has done this unbelievable, immense miracle of what he's done to take men and women from different nations, different cultures, and of course, taking different genders and taking different backgrounds of social and economic status and brought it together and made us one. It's a powerful, incredible thing he's done. And I want you to take part of it today because it is part of your, inherit, your inheritance. You know, the Apostle Paul, 
He wrote three books in the, in the New Testament, and all three of them deal with these divisions. You know, in Romans, he's very clear. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. That means every single one of us who believe that power of the gospel has done something incredible, incredible to us and for us. He said it comes to the Jews first and then it also comes to the Greek. When he says Greek, he means those who are non-Jews. He said, I have by the gospel, Paul says, which I'm not ashamed of, it bears the power of God to save and to bring everyone into a oneness. In Romans 5, 12, he says, just as though one man, just as though as through one man sinned, through one man, sin entered into the world and death came to every man. And by the way, let's, let no mistake be known. Every single one of us have been in that death before Christ. All of us were guilty of what we have done against God, against his law, against his person, against his character. And yet, he said, through this one man, even though through one man, of course, who was Adam, sin entered the world, he said, through this new man, or this one man that is Christ, all have been forgiven. And he says, death spread to the whole human race, not one of us. I know you think that that child that's born is so sweet and loving and kind, but you need to understand as every parent eventually finds out they don't have to teach their child to obey. They don't, have to, they don't have to teach their child to disobey. They don't have to teach their child to cut up. They don't have to teach their child to lie. It's kind of in them. It's in us. Our separation from God. We are born in it. We come here no matter what economic status, no matter male or female, no matter, matter black or white or any other cultural distinction. Every single one of us are born in sin, separated from God, and have, we have the need for forgiveness. And Paul, when he writes to the Romans, he said, through one man, sin entered into the world. When Adam disobeyed God, all in the very genes, our very genes, our very chromosomes, our very makeup, we don't have to learn this stuff. We come here with it, and we face the repercussions of it as we grow. Paul said that one man's sin entered by the same, by, by another, by this man, Jesus. By this man, Jesus, he made it possible for all men to live because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And we need to remember, and when he speaks, when Paul, the Apostle Paul speaks, speaks in, in verse 11, he says, remember that you are, remember at one time that you were separated from Christ. You were excluded from the people of God. You were strangers to even the covenants of promise. You had no hope with, in the world and you were without God in the world. Every single one of us were that way. Even if we grew up in a Christian home, every single person, there are no grandfathered children to God. Everybody has to come to God the same way. Everybody has to deal with their sin in the same way. And I want you to remember that today, that no person is exempt from this. And when the apostle speaks about it, he says, we were, we were all strangers to God. He said, but now in Christ Jesus, 
The two groups, the separated groups, whether it's gender, rank, or, or money, the two groups now, uh, God has broken down the barrier of, war, of the dividing wall, and we who formerly were apart now have been brought together as one man. It's a beautiful thing. We've been brought, we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And I want you to consider that today, that the same blood has been shed over you to forgive you of and me of our sins. And, and the apostle, when he writes to the Galatians, he gives a layout of how do you deal? Now that it's a new man, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with those who are different, who look different, who now are in this one new man? How do we deal with those who have a different economic strata? strata? How, how, do we, how do we deal with this one new person that's come together? He uses the book of Galatians to answer it. He uses Ephesians to, to make it clear that whatever was between us, whatever barriers were between us, he tears it down because every single one of us had the same need without exception. And then in Romans, he says, you know, he uses the word reconciliation, a powerful word. Let me just break it down just quickly for you, because it's the word that describes what God does what, in Christ, what he does for every single one of us when he brings us together in Christ. Reconciliation. It's only possible. Reconciliation is only possible with this word I want you to get a hold of today, a fresh and new. It's only possible through forgiveness. Forgiveness, it, reconciliation is to restore, to restore friendship and harmony by removing the barriers that separated you. It's a very powerful word. It's, it's, you know, everybody knows the stories, and many of us know the story of the Hatfields and the McCoys. And whatever offense happened to the original Hatfield and the original McCoy passed down through generations with so much, so much evil and so much wicked and so much hatred and bitterness that they were shooting and killing each other for generations. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a, whatever offense there was, that one offense turned into many offenses and just roll down the generations. And some of you, you, you are, you are, you've been exposed to offenses that happen in families that roll down to brothers and sisters and cousins and uncles and separate men. It's amazing. And yet the Bible says that God has in Christ brought reconciliation to what has been separated. And the way that it happens is uncanny. It's amazing. It's the word forgiveness. Forgiveness is, a, forgiveness is what God enacts. That's what blood does. Blood allows whatever you've done between you and God and between you and another person. Blood allows that forgiveness to be applied to your heart so you don't have to hold it against anybody anymore. Forgiveness is what every single one of us need. It's forgiveness is what allows us to walk together without being separated. It's the power to take care of every offense and every barrier that comes between us. It's the power to handle how you're mistreated because of your color or because of your money or lack thereof or because of your gender. Forgiveness is the power to release you and everybody else in between. Forgiveness is awesome. Forgiveness, please don't misunderstand forgiveness because it doesn't mean to forget. 
people who try to forget, uh, who try to forget, find that it's very difficult to do that. And the Lord says, he, 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 the Lord is the one who says, I will remember your sins no more. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 17, God says, I'm not going to remember what you did. I'm going to erase what you did. I'm going to help you work through, I'm going to help you to function in spite of what you did or what somebody else did to you. God said, I will remember your sin no more. But God is all powerful. He's all knowing. He's ever present. He's able to do it. Remember our sins no more. Means that God will never, will never use your past against you. Some of you are suffering right now because you've not dealt with the forgiveness that's been made available to you. And the enemy keeps bringing up in your mind what you did, who did what to you. That's one of the problems we have with the racial barriers in our culture. You remember what one somebody did to you and you, you put that on the whole group of people and you take part of the enemy who's called the accuser of the brethren. That word accuser means to put a person in a category, categorical, to put a person, to put all the people in the same category. It's sinful. When you don't have forgiveness, it's hard to forget that you, when you got pulled over. It's hard for you to forget when, you, when they walked out on you. It's hard for you to get, forget when you were divorced and nobody had to pay for it and left you with children and left you with infidelity and left you with pain and hurt and abuse. Those of you that have been sinned against and those of us who have sinned, which means all of us, without forgiveness, you don't have a shot. You don't have a prayer. But God said, when you come to me, because of what Jesus has done, I will forgive you. I will remove it because I will pay for it. God says, I'll pay for your sin and I'll pay for the sin against you. When you come to God, the Lord says, you know, if you don't forgive each other, neither will your heavenly father forgive you. You want to talk about a, a, an antidote for racial injustice? You want to talk about an antidote for, for a spousal abuse? between the sexes? You want to talk about an antidote for you being overlooked, pushed aside, nobody wants to interview you because you don't make the grade or you don't make enough money, you don't have enough status for that injustice? Forgiveness is the answer. It's awesome what God does for us. Don't worry about trying to forget when God says to you and I, we must forgive. Don't worry about trying to forget what somebody else did but remember what God has done for you. Because forgiveness is a choice. It's an act of your will. In fact, it's a crisis of will. Since God requires us to forgive, it's something we can do. If God says to you and I that, 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 that the, the prerequisite, the condition for you being forgiven is about you forgiving somebody else, it means we have the ability to do it. You engage your will. You remember what was done, but you engage your will. And you remember all the things that happened, but at the same time, it's a, it's a, it's a crisis of will. Where you come to a place because you will decide, I will let it go. I will not exact payment for what you did. You know how many people walk around with IOUs in their pocket demanding payment for what other people done, have done to them? And even judging others by what other people have done to them. 
When you forgive, forgiveness is difficult for us because it pulls against our concept of justice. We want justice for what was done. We want payback for what happened to us. But God comes to us and said, if I exacted payback from you, you would not exist. And what God does, he comes and pays our bill. He comes and, and, and upon himself draws all the pain that we should have experienced, draws all the punishment that belongs to us, receives all of the, all of the hurt, all of the just and due penalty. God receives that in himself who is innocent through his son, Jesus Christ. Why should I let them off the hook is kind of the way we think about it. Why should I let this person off the hook? That is precisely the problem, isn't it? You're still hooked to them, still bound by your past. <laughs> you will let them off the hook you will let them off the hook, but they will never be off God's hook. But they need to be off your hook. He, he will deal with everyone's offenses individually, but you and I, God wants to deal with ours personally. And God won't change his mind. What are we going to do about this thing, forgiveness? It's so powerful. You might say, well, I, I don't understand um, how, how much this, you don't understand how much this person hurt me. Have you ever heard that? You don't know what he did to me. You don't know what he said to me. You don't know how he made me feel. You don't understand the way I, I was embarrassed, humiliated, and wounded and for years. Every time I see a man who, who, who wants to talk to me, I don't want to talk to him because he reminds me of every man that ever hurt me. I don't, I don't want to get married. When the way she walked out on me, the way she left me, the way she abandoned our kids, forgive her, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, as long as you hold them on the hook, you're the one that's on the hook. Because God comes to you and says to you, everything you ever did, every sin you ever committed, every unrighteous act, he, God, forgave you. Suffered the penalty. He has the right and the power to release you because your debt has already been paid. And yeah, you owe somebody. Most people know in their heart they, that they owe somebody. And those of you who, who lay down at night, you can't sleep. You can't succeed because of the way people look at you. I want you to know that God Almighty knows he sees what the problem is. And the first step to your freedom and deliverance is to accept that the forgiveness that God has given you. See, forgiveness, it's agreeing to live with the consequences of another person's sin. Forgiveness is costly. See, believers, those who who really know Jesus, they are the most courageous people on the planet. They are the strongest people on the planet because to forgive somebody takes incredible, incredible power and will. That means you have to say in your heart, I will not exact a penalty back from you for what you did. I know you did it, but I'm not going to do that. 
because God doesn't exact a penalty. He doesn't exact a payment back from me. And because he released me, I'm releasing you. I'm choosing to do that. It's amazing. You're gonna live with the consequences whether you will live. You're gonna live with those consequences whether you want to or not. Your only choice is whether you do it, you do it in such a way that you're bitter, unforgiving, or you can do it in the freedom of forgiveness. Jesus took the consequences of our sin, beloved. He took it all on himself. Mm. All true forgiveness is substitutionary. It means that God, he substituted himself for you. And, I, and then he commands us to do the same for each other. You say, where is justice? Justice is at the cross. Justice is God doing for you what you could not do for yourself. And so today, just choose. In fact, I'm going to pray with you right now that you would have the power, that you would receive the forgiveness from his cross. That's all you have to do. It's so powerful and so simple. And remember that he died sinless, and yet all your sin was attached to him. The Father God looks at you, and all your sin, and Jesus receives it all, draws it all from you to himself, takes and drinks the very last drop of that bitter cup of the sin we committed in the lives that we lived, in the lives we destroyed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who are listening today that they themselves would extend their prayer to you as you have extended your arms to them. Lord, may they have the courage to ask you for forgiveness. Lord, Father, may they be able now to acknowledge it. I need it, Lord. I need it. I'm asking you to forgive me. Lord, give them the capacity now to believe, to believe that what you did for them is enough and that you will not ever bring it before them again. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the power of your cross. And Father, I thank you for those who will go the final step and confess that you are Lord and King and that you have forgiven them and you are their Christ, their Savior, their anointed one. I thank you, Father. I thank you for that. I want you to do that. Those of you that may have never done that, you may have been living all this time in church with stuff in your heart that you've never released. Come on, put in the comment there, today I let it go. Today, write it right there in the comment, I let it go. God bless you. God keep you. God deliver you from your pain and your sorrow and let you out of prison into the freedom that God has for your life. In Jesus' name, amen.